you about how we can follow God, follow Christ in the times of calamity. When we face the realities of uh, crisis in our lives, in our society, in our world, how we can follow God through that. And uh, um, uh, I, would, I would like to ask to put up the first slide uh, with the name of the message, how is the following, following Christ in the times of calamity. This world is in calamity, and, and so many end-time things going on. And uh, we see how Jesus' words are coming uh, to life uh, one by one, you know, and they, we live among that right now. Uh, and the, uh, the church world is also uh, in, in crisis in many, in many aspects. You know, we see low morals. We see uh, how uh, borders, our beliefs are being uh, washed away in many senses and the lawlessness and lack of love. And at the same time, we see the greatest challenge and possibility and opportunity for the church for revival. And we are praying for that and we are, should be ready and uh, prepare ourselves and mobilize to have this great harvest. Uh, and also on our, on our personal level, we can experience uh, crisis times, trouble times, not only in war, but in our health, you know, in our marriage, in our growing children or finances, in every area of our life. So how we can um, survive and how we can go victoriously through that? Well, God has an answer. And, you know, of course, what this answer is and who is this answer? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God said, I, will, I have one way to, uh, response, uh, to respond to you. And I want to, you to see and to have my Son. I will give you my best. I will give I, myself, I will come to earth and I will become one of you. And uh, I will live your life and I will go through every suffering that you will ever go through. And I will overcome it for your sake. And I will overcome sin and death. And in me, you will have victory. So, and he called us to follow his son. And um, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's real for every aspect that I mentioned already. If we open up the uh, epistles of Paul to Colossians, it will be a home assignment to read at home, especially if it's the first chapter. But we will not do it now, right now for the sake of time, but you can read it at home. And Paul is speaking about several aspects or several levels of supremacy of Christ uh, uh, among us. And he said, first of all, it's the global level. Global level. Everything in the history of uh, humanity, of earth, Every event, civilization, or every season in history is, uh, has its foundation and center and final in Christ. The Bible says that he is Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And the, when we, we have to see, perceive uh, history of the world through God's eyes, God's lenses. Because um, when you read history, when you study history in school or university, it's always been um, transported to you through some lenses of ideology. You know, when we were in Soviet Union, it was, uh, we, we were taught by materialistic worldview, you know, and the uh, communistic worldview. So it's a fight of classes, you know, and, the, and now we've reached, you know, it was a slavery class and it was the middle uh, age, it was like uh, feudals and vassals, and now we have um, capitalism, and now we have socialism, and the, after that will be communism, you know, and we will come into the bright future. It all crashed. And uh, at communistic world, but 
when we look at the history of the world. It shouldn't be materialistic. It should be godly. So, in Christ, all events of the earth, everything that happens in the history uh, has its meaning. And we have to perceive all tragedies, all uh, climate change and the uh, economical uprising or downhill, uh, uh, political crisis, everything, we should see it through Christ's eyes because he will give meaning to that. And also, he gives meaning to all sufferings and pain and trauma. God did not, uh, he's not author of evil, but definitely God can and will use evil for good, especially when we pray and, and we love him. On a church level, we see how Paul says that Christ is the head of the body of, of the church. Church is not that just a group of people, like-minded people that gather together just to read Bible and drink coffee. And it's, you know, it's great to drink coffee and read the Bible, but church was uh, burst through the pain and blood and death of Christ on the cross. And it was not a religious affair committee who established the church or registered the church. No way. Jesus died for church. He paid his life for church. That's why church cannot be overcome by this world because he said, the gates of hell will not prevail. The church that I am building. But he has built the church. He has to remain the center of the church and to lead the church and be the head of the church. And on a personal level, Paul continues to speak and he's going from global to church to personal level. And he says, you personally, you, you, you had the biggest problem of your life is not your government, your politics or your, your insurance or, uh, you know, your, your, your neighbors. Is that our biggest problem is our sin. Biggest problem of humanity is human sin. And God is dealing with the very root of our problems. And he's sending Jesus to become a ransom and redemption for our sins. And he said, in him, you are uh, forgiven, you're purified, you're sanctified, and set blameless in front of our God. That's how we should see ourselves and our lives. And let's talk more about it, how we can follow Christ when we see everything on a global level, on a church level, on the, in our personal life, through, through Jesus, that will help us not to get distracted, not to get, you know, hateful, and not to get uh, obsessed with the crises. It, it's so easy to be washed away either with, you know, uh, idleness of life or cares of life and just chasing money, or to be washed, like right now we are tempted to be uh, consumed with, with uh, anger and hatred. Somebody said that Ukrainians now united for, with the three very powerful reasons. Hatred for Russians, uh, a lot of pain and trauma, and also our willing, will for victory. We hate Russians, we are in pain, and we need victory. Yeah, and I can agree, you know, but we should not stay uh, filled with that. We, we should perceive us how Christ leads us through the hatred, through pain and through the victory, right? And, but that uh, goes to every one of us. So let's see how we can follow Christ and not just, you know, believe in him or know something about him. How we can follow Christ in his life. 
God, it's not just extra burden for you. It's not just for, uh, extra religious exercise for you. It's a blessing. It's the only way to live victoriously, following Christ. And I want to underline these three aspects of Christ's life today. His life is, you know, enormous, and we can study his life for life. But uh, uh, today I want to underline just three aspects of Christ's life. First of all, it's the life of proportion. Life of proportion. What does it mean? Christ's life on earth was very short compared to eternity. He came from eternity into uh, our time. He was born as a man. He lived 33 years on this earth. He was on the cross for six hours, three days in the grave, and then he rose again, and he is eternal king, Lamb of God. And, but his earthly life was so short, but so meaningful. It was defining and turning point for all history of humanity. And he lived his life for this purpose. He knew why he came. And he knew that his life is not just to walk on the earth, to have tour in Israel, you know, to have sightseeing. He knew what he is doing here. His life was preparation for eternal reward and consequences. The same should be in our life, guys. We should live our life understanding that our life on earth is a preparation for eternity. We are not here forever. We, we, we cannot uh, assume, allow ourselves just to be consumed with this temporary life and uh, think that it will last forever. The war may, uh, made us to face the reality of death just very, uh, very real. Because every day uh, we hear about people being killed, you know, People we know, I buried members of my church being killed at war, and somebody injured, somebody amputated, you know, and somebody was was under bombing. And you understand that it can, uh, you can hear about somebody. You can be killed because we live quite far from front line, but drones and missiles fly every day, and every day we have. Um, you know, uh, air raid sirens going on uh, because it means that it's something is flying your way and we have to, you know, stay in bed because usually it's during night or just go into shelter. So it's not, it's not safe. But uh, even if you are not at war, something can happen to you any moment, you know, car accident or heart attack or whatever. You know, I wish you good and long-lasting life. God bless you with 80, 90, 100 years of life and all of us. But we've got to understand this life is temporal. I want to ask Rick to help me with uh, this illustration. Yes, thank you. And he will go that way. And this long cord, uh, it, you, can you imagine that this cord is endless? It just goes through the door and it goes, you know, through Atlantic to Africa and around the globe several times. It's endless, okay? So this cord is a timeline. And it's a timeline of your life because you are eternal being. And this is your life on earth. It's very short compared to eternity, right? But because Bible says that it's like a glimpse of an eye. We are just coming and like vapor and we are gone. And the older you live, the more you realize that. You know, I am 52, so I am going downhill. <laughs> But I'm not, I'm not uh, feeling like that, and I'm, I'm not going downhill in my mind, but uh, I understand my life is not limitless, right? So, 
We live here and we, 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 we've been born, we study here, then we have vocation, our career, we earn money, we build houses, we buy cars, we, uh, and then we collect money to, in order to what? To have comfortable life and peaceful life over here, to travel, to uh, see the world, etc. But, and that's great, God blesses us in everything we do. But if that's, if that's the only way we see our life, we are very limited. Because what about this? What about this? What about this? Millions and millions of years will be ahead of you. And your eternity is determined by the way you lived your earthly life. By the choices you made here. And not only go to hell or to heaven. That's a major one. But then what you will be doing after your life. And read the Bible, it says a lot how that our life and functions in eternity will be determined how faithful are we here. So uh, let's keep this proportion of life and be wise in managing it and understanding that it's my chance on earth. And you have only one chance. You don't have nine lives like cats. You know, somebody says that cats have seven lives, nine li lives. Somebody believe in reincarnation. It's, it's, that's the Eastern stuff, and it's, it's not from the Bible at all. Otherwise, Jesus would, would come in vain, you know. You can just be reborn and clean your karma, you know, and uh, clean your crap that you did in your previous life. No, you have to deal with your life. You have the only one life, okay? So you uh, live it the best. Second aspect, and uh, it's a life of mission and proportion. Jesus came with mission and for mission. Jesus said in uh, John 6, 38, I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. He purposefully made his choice to chase after his father's will. And he knew that he came for purpose when he was even 12 years old. And he was growing, and he was submissive to his parents. He was obtaining wisdom. Then Holy Spirit came on him. He received his assignment, and he was after his father's will all his life. He was praying all the time to see how God leads him. He was saying, I, I came to glorify him. And he gave us the greatest example, and we, we are to do the same with our life. In Ephesians, Paul says that, uh, 2.5, in your relationships, which... which with each other, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. We are encouraged to have the same value system, the same way of thinking that Jesus had. And the, uh, Paul keeps uh, talking and he says that he left his um, heavenly place, his um, divine uh, attributes in order to become human like us, humble himself, become, became born slave for our sake. He left his glory to become like us, to fulfill his mission. That's what his, it costed him. And what God, and he, he came to us that so that we would become son of God, became son of man, so that the son of man could become sons of God. And God wants you to become son of God and to be uh, closed into his image. Jesus left the heavenly glory to fulfill his mission, so that you would receive his glory and his image to fulfill your mission. That's the only way for us to fulfill our mission in life is to be enclosed with him. And I want to show you this example. What, what do I have in my, in my hand? That's a glove, right. That's a glove. 
I can use this glove, you know, to wipe the dust or, 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 or you know, or, or water. I can put it as, and use it as a coaster for, for different reasons. But the glove is made by somebody for some reason. And it was designed even by the form of the hand, right? Somebody just put a piece of paper and just uh, circled around the hand and then we have glove, right? And that's what that's for. It's for your hand. And when you put your hand into glove, then the glove fulfills its mission. It's made for this purpose, to, be, to have the hand inside. The same with us, guys. God created you. You can, you can be used as the duster, you can be used as a coaster, you can be used for multiple reasons, but dysfunction, but be misused or abused. But only when you have God inside of you, you are in God's purpose, you are in God's mission. So we are, we are born again. We are born from God and new creations. That's the God way of see, seeing us. So God made us to live a life of proportion. We are following Christ in that following Christ in, in his life of mission and purpose. And the third aspect, which I want to finish with, is the life of service and giving. How we can follow Christ and live proportionally. How we can have this um, mission and purpose in our life. Jesus says, how? It was what? Now he answers our question, how? And Jesus says in Mark 10, 45, Talking to his disciples who are discussing who is the first, you know, who is the most, most, most important, most influential, he is explaining uh, how we should treat each other and follow God. For even the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to, uh, he, he was receiving the service from people. People were treating him, inviting him into homes, you know, uh, loving on him, and he would receive that. That's absolutely normal. To when the people serve us. But when we live to be served, live as, with consumer mentality, that's wrong. He said, I, I am driven with passion to serve and to give. To serve and to give. That's God's love. That's God's nature inside of us. Jesus came for this purpose and that's, that's the purpose he came into my life, into your life. To serve and to give. So let's have this mentality. There's a specific blessing when you give out something. When you give out your time, you give out your love, give out your finances, support, and do something good for, for other people. And the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. There's a specific uh, happiness in this, uh, in this conduct and this lifestyle. And I want to, sh to finish with uh, this important... Uh, thought. The most important thing we can, the most precious thing that we can uh, give and serve is the gospel. During war, we rediscover the power of the gospel as never before. In Matthew 24, Jesus said, and you heard Pastor quoted it, Jesus said that we will have a lot of famines and wars and uh, lack of love, lawlessness and, and so forth, and famines and plagues, but he said, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world, and then the end will come. The gospel will not be preached after all those things, but during all those things. And when Holy Spirit came on Jesus, he said, Holy Spirit is upon me to do what? Not just to have repentance prayer, not just to give us ticket to the heaven, but to heal the brokenhearted, but to set the captives free. 
but to turn our ashes into uh, gladness and our depression and spirit of sorrow into joy. And you know, we're living among people, so many traumatized people, so many depressed people, stressed people. And the gospel works. Guys, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And you have it for your own life, your household, and also you can share it. It's free. It's priceless, but it's free and we can share it. So let's stand together and pray so that God would lead us regardless of what we have in our life, whatever crisis you face, maybe challenges, calamities, maybe you're going through the period of life that you don't want to live at all or you don't see sense in your life or maybe you are just living with empty life, empty heart and you don't know what you live for. If you were born, you were born for a reason. If you exist, God has a mission and purpose for your life. God want to, wants to fill your life like this glove. And uh, let's pray that God would lead us and help us to have this life of proportion, of mission, and of service and giving. Father God, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we are not orphans, we are not abandoned and alone in, on this earth. We thank you, Lord, that you gave us everything in Christ and we have fullness in Him. So we ask you, Lord, that you would lead us every one of us, that you would give us mindset of Christ, that we would see everything in this world, in the globally, in the church, our church, and in the church world, that they would see our lives, Lord, with your eyes. Give us the mind of Christ. Give us the eyes of Christ. Give us the heart of Christ, God. Help us to live our life wisely and count our days wisely, Lord, to be blessed by you and to be commented by you. Help us, Lord, to rediscover and or keep the mission and purpose of our life from above and help us to have this life of enjoyment and gladness by sharing and loving and giving uh, to others, Lord. Help us to carry the gospel, your expressed and condensed love through your Son. Help us to share it to other people as we live it ourselves in Jesus' name.